Welcome to another episode of Comedy Wham Presents with me, your host, Valerie, and sometime co-host, Miss Purrington. Uh, we might have some new co-hosts because there's a few other uh, kitties roaming around now that we're in our new, new recording location. ComedyWham.com is your place to go for features about all Austin comedy. You can keep up with us there. You, you probably can't pick it up on the mic, but uh, Ms. Purrington is raising a fuss in the background. Uh, you can keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at ComedyWham or on our ComedyWham Facebook page. In addition to podcasts, ComedyWham brings you articles, album reviews, our advice column, Rochelle Takes on Comedy, and we've also got a festivals page and our recently added FPIA 2022 page, where you can keep up with all the competition over at Cap City Comedy. And of course, we're best known for our events page for live shows in Austin, Houston, and DFW. If you're a comic in those cities and want your show featured on the calendar, go to the events page and click Submit a Show to complete the short survey. If you like the new survey, send us a quick review and we'll share your review and promo your show on Instagram. Looking for ways to support all these resources we provide? You can donate to Comedy Wham on PayPal, Venmo, or even Patreon. Search for Comedy Wham on Patreon and check out our subscriber perks. Now let's get back to our podcast. Launched in 2016, the podcast project brings you funny people and their stories. As a fan, I like to delve into a comic's background and motivations and will usually take a detour along the way. Consider the interview a way for you to get to know the folks that make the Austin comedy scene one of the best in the country. If you like this podcast, please rate and review us. Today, uh, we're talking to somebody who I first met while in Austin, but then he spent some time in New York City, and he's been back in Austin for, I think, a few years now. And he, uh, it's, this is very exciting news. He just launched the East Austin Comedy Club with Raza Jaffrey, uh, with shows every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. And you have definitely seen him on all the big shows and venues around town. Uh, he is getting a lot of press with the opening of the club, so I'm very excited to bring you, uh, uh, to bring you to him, bring him to you, whatever. Hmm. I am rusty. I haven't done an interview since Moon Tower. Give me a break. <laughs> uh, and now Comedy Man presents our guest, Andre Ricks. Hello. Hi. Hey. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> you are our inaugural guest in the uh, new location. Great location. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm excited, but I'm you know trying to figure out where's going to be the best location obviously this yard view here is uh tremendous uh, tremendous i'm uh there's nothing that beats that no. <laughs> i don't think it's pretty is i there guess a penthouse view would be yeah cool, is there but, water down there uh i don't think so uh, okay no no it's just green greenland mm. brush and there's a walking trail actually nice. in the back but nobody i've never seen anybody on it so no. it's really quiet it's fantastic yeah so I, I would spend a lot of time on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that uh, the podcast is now going to be a five-minute review of the backyard setting. Yeah. Before we actually talk <laughs> about comedy. Why not? I mean, it's picturesque. If y'all yeah. could see this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can post that this is your, your setting. Yeah. <laughs> um, Andre, I'm so happy to have you uh, here. Uh, I... I know that when I was running the Comedy Wham Showcase, I got to have you on a show maybe a couple of times, but I really mm -hmm. didn't get to know you. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you went off to New York, and I'm like, and I think we tried to do an interview, but I caught you right when we, you, you were leaving. I think so. So I never got to sit down with you, and, you know, it's kind of, you know, half a, half, half a dozen or six of the other that, you know, I'm kind of glad you're back. Because I'm sure going to New York was like all this, you know, hope and dream of making it big in New York. And then, for whatever reason, making it back here. Yeah, well. But things are going great for you. Yeah. Now that fact, you're back. No complaints. <laughs> um, the timing for New York was just bad. COVID had just hit. Yeah. I think I'm, I moved March of 2020 when everything. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was just bad timing. Yeah, you know, yeah. I was in a relationship that fell apart, and then uh, it was like I had been in Austin already 15 years. This was home, so oh. I've been here quite a while, and it was just easier to transition back here and yeah. get back in the scene. And then the scene took off, yeah. so it was like really I didn't miss anything. Yeah, you know, nobody was doing comedy, and then when I got back, everything opened, right? And everybody came, so yeah, because you know. New York just took a very different approach than Texas yeah. for you know 
all of its good and bad reasons, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, no fault on them, but it, there just wasn't much happening. Yeah. So it was like, yeah. you know, both of the reasons I went out there just fell apart. Yeah. It was like, yeah. Well, just come back home. Yeah. Come back home. And then, yeah, you see what the scene is now. So much more opportunity came mm-hmm. to the scene. And now it's like, you can, I mean, I don't know if you can make a living, but you can pay quite a few bills just doing shows yeah. in Austin now. Yeah. You can make some good money. Yeah. So it's good. Well, that is a preview of all of the things we're going to get into. I actually have an official icebreaker question. Okay. Okay. Sure. One word to describe your past. My past? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Fulfilling. That's very hopeful and positive. Yeah, no regrets. I've done a lot. Traveled, you know. In and out of relationships, started comedy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. My family's good. Everybody's happy. Yeah. It's, been, s- it's been fulfilled. You said you've lived in, in Austin for 15 years. Is that where you consider that you grew up? Uh, I would say I grew, I, I grew up in Lubbock, I would say. Okay. I moved out here when I was 19, but like all of my kind of sensibilities are like more country and quiet. Yeah. And, you know, I never really feel a part of the city like the city feels a lot to me yeah so i feel like i grew up in lubbock and then i came out here yeah when i was you know 19 and ready to party and yeah. ha- had a lot of energy and, <laughs> you know lubbock just doesn't offer a lot if you're young yeah so moving out here was just yeah you know an easy transition but yeah almost i've been here longer than i lived in lubbock for okay. sure so and the, another reason i can't say i grew up here is because the city keeps changing and yeah. it's like i didn't have roots here but it's like a lot of the places I went to when I was first when I first got here, some of them don't even exist or they've yeah. changed so much and then the people changed a few times, you know. So you know, I've been here quite a while, but I grew up yeah. in Lubbock. Yeah. For sure. What would you say is the role that comedy played? And however you choose to define comedy as you were growing up. Growing up? Yeah. Uh Pretty, I mean, a pretty big role. I've always liked comedies, you know, comedy movies, comedy sitcoms, you know. Tom and Jerry's my favorite <laughs> cartoon, you know. Um, my dad put me on the Seinfeld when I, was, when I was young. Before that, he put me on to the Three Stooges. You know, he's a goofy guy. He likes to joke around and have yeah. fun. Uh, my mom thinks she's funny, <laughs> and so she laugh. She laughs a lot at home. <laughs> And that so, hits a nerve with me. That's how my son <laughs> is with me. He's like, you think you're funny. But. Yeah. I mean, but she's, you know, she's fun. Yeah. She's a fun, fun gal. So, yeah. yeah, having fun and laughing and, you know, it's always been a part of my family. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah I kind of just picked it up and, uh, yeah, I got voted uh, second funniest guy in my high school. Huh. Uh, first friendliest. I don't know what that means, hmm. but. You're very friendly. Very approachable. I wonder, I do you think that's a, like a Lubbock sensibility thing yeah actually i mean growing up out there you know a lot of people you know a lot you see the same people so it's kind of a neighborhood vibe everywhere you go in the city so if you go to the mall you'll see 10 people you know or grew up with you play sports you play sports against the same people from elementary junior high high school Mm -hmm. um and then everybody kind of knows everybody kind of in their business also if you grow up out there (laughs) you know just small town living but they're nice they're very yeah trying to keep the peace and trying to you know, maintain the neighborhoods and yeah. things like that. So, yeah, you know, being friendly is just something I'm used to. Yeah. What brought you to Austin from Lubbock? Just I had a lot of energy, mm-hmm. and Austin was the place. It's like I didn't really think about moving out of the state, but uh, uh, probably the the biggest thing was I was going to UTSA at the time. So I had left Lubbock, went to San Antonio, went to UTSA for a year, and the plan was to transfer to UT. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had a program, I think it was called the CAT program. And uh, I tried to get involved with that. And then something happened during the transfer process where I had taken a test. UT didn't give credit for that test, even though they told me to take it. But I had already made plans. I had an apartment. Um, oh. You know, I, had, I was already coming to Austin. You know, I had a job set up. I had an apartment. Friends coming out here. We moved together. And so I was like, I'll just go. Anyways. <laughs> You know, I wasn't really into college. Uh. It just wasn't, you know. And then after the letdown, trying to get into UT, I was like, oh, you know, we'll just work. We'll so fit. you just 
decided just to drop it all together. Yeah. I mean, I went to ACC like five times. Mm. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like total, not five classes, just five times. I mean, like enrolled. <laughs> I literally enrolled for classes, went to, went to like a few of the classes, and then I was just like, I'm... You're done. I'm not even motivated to go to college, like community college. What a bummer. I mean, it was good for me. College wasn't hard. It just, you know, it was just taking up time. Yeah. So it was like, you know, I'll just work. I'll figure it out. Figure what it was out. swirling around in your brain that you were like, yeah, I don't want to do that? I mean, you could just tell when you're not motivated to do something. Yeah. And I had no plan. Hmm. So it was like, I just felt like I was wasting time, you know. And every time I would enroll into classes, I'd be like, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> not going to finish this. <laughs> The first thing I would look up is like, can I get my money back? <laughs> Not when's the next class? It's like, am I too late to oh, get seventy percent of this cash back? <laughs> and that's always that's been my mentality yeah. the whole time with the college. It was like, I just I don't even know why I spent that money. Yeah, the, so yeah. I was like, now nah, I just you know work. I had a job. I had transferred with TGI Fridays. I was there for so long, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was just like. I was living, I was I had some money coming in, you know, the little cash. Yeah. And uh I felt like I didn't need college. You know. Yeah. I felt like what they were trying to like I said, I had no plan and I I just didn't want to waste the, the time or the yeah. effort. Yeah. So So you've got no plan but you have this job. Uh, like I'm a multitasker, planner, goal setter to the extreme. It's it's quite obnoxious. Yeah. So uh, tell me what that's like to not have a plan. Free. It's so, I was so, I've been so free my whole life. That's why it's been fulfilling is because I got to do what I wanted to do. I didn't yeah, have to, yeah. you know, my thing was that when I worked, I worked like three days a week because waiting tables, you can make some good money. And back then things were much cheaper. Yeah. But uh worked like three days a week. I had four days a week off all the time. Um, and then I started traveling. I would all... Uh, Consistently, I would quit jobs too, and like take two, three months off and just oh, wow. live or save up money. I'll buy a ticket, save up money, and then just go. Where'd you go? I've been uh, quite a few places. Uh, I've been to Sweden, I've been to Turkey, London, uh, all over the States. I moved to Puerto Rico for five months, uh, Mexico, Canada. I don't know if I said that. Um, that's it right now. About to go to Cuba in October. Wow, I'm in awe. That's amazing. That's that's like that's the dream. That's to what. Me. I, yeah, I felt yeah. like that was more. I felt like life had more to teach me than school. So yeah. it was like, I want to travel. I want to see these things. I want to go. And so I just figured out how to, you know. Yeah. Keep my expenses low, save some money, mm-hmm. and take off. Yeah. Traveling has it's been. That's big. That's the biggest reason I say the past has been fulfilling because I got to go. I got to go whenever I wanted to. Yeah, yeah. On, on my own dime, you know, nobody yeah. put the money up for me. It's been free. It's very free. Yeah. When you don't have plans, you're just kind of moving with the vibes. You're moving mm-hmm. with the with the flow of of things. Yeah. And you know, you just kind of. And then I land in spots where you know try to keep good energy around me, keep some of the same people around, so they kind of keep you on track also and yeah. keep you from getting into. Too much chaos. Yeah. So it's free. Okay. I'm officially jealous now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, uh, I won't say it's like. Uh, Everything's got a downside. For sure. Yeah. You, it's a sacrifice. Yeah. Like it, when you make plans and you execute, you know, your money grows, you, yeah. you know, you get, the, you get the house, you get the, you get more stable. Yeah. It's not really, there's not a lot of stability yeah. in it, but there's a lot of uh, just freedom and time is the biggest thing to me so it's like i never want to be anywhere or do anything and waste the time yeah it's like money we can make money but mm-hmm. i'll never get the get the time back right, right so when i was young it's always that's always been in my head like where am i spending my time where am i yeah what am i doing oh man you are wise beyond your years maybe I don't maybe know. yeah i've definitely messed up a couple of times can we cuss on him yes absolutely oh, okay <laughs> My mom can't hear it. Okay. <laughs> My son's probably watching YouTube videos or playing video games. Okay. So, yeah, it's know. free. The cats don't care. There's one of my new co-hosts. Nice. There. Little chunky one-eyed cat. He always had one eye? <laughs> uh, he had it surgically removed, actually. Oh, it was uh, it's one of my mom's cats, and mm. it's a very sweet cat. Um, so I wanted to ask you, at what point did doing comedy 
creep into your non-plans? Uh, so here's the, here's the story. So I moved to Puerto Rico, and then uh, I left after five months. And I was kind of laying around my mom's place in Denver. And I was watching uh, Mitch Hedberg's special, hmm. his Comedy Central special. And I was just up, I wasn't doing much. I was working at a warehouse. I had nothing, still no plans. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, this, was, this was probably uh, 2013. So I was watching the special, and then I said, uh, I was like, man, he was just telling one-liners. I was like, man, I can write 10 one-liners right now. And uh, that was the first time. I got on stage twice that night. The first one went okay. The guy was like, hey, man, you got something? You should come back. Second time I got kind of pulled off stage they cut my set short because it was a bar it was rowdy and i'm trying to tell these simple Mm. one-liners nobody can understand so i got pulled off stage but uh that was the first time i did it and then i didn't do it again for let's see four years so i did it twice that night and then four years passed life just happened and uh and then i was driving the city bus and i was like you know i saw fpia was coming around Mm. and i was like man let me just give it a shot you know see if i like it Get into the open mic scene, start doing that. So I set my I set my goals on FPIA, trying to get into that and yeah. you know win that. And uh, what year was that? Seventeen then. Two thousand seventeen. Okay. Two thousand seventeen. Two thousand seventeen is when I started. I think FPIA was two thousand eighteen. Okay. So August of seventeen is when I made the the switch to I'm gonna go after it. Yeah. And. Uh, did it feel any different from that first time in 2013 to 2017? Because you must have yeah. lived a lot of life, you know, if you're traveling and experiencing yeah. life. In 2013, I had no ambition to do it as a career. Mm. It was just something to do at the time. Yeah, I'll do this one time kind of thing. I, it wasn't like I'm going to try to make a living from this. I just yeah. wanted to get see if I could write 10 one-liners yeah. and just go do it. Um, in 2017, was uh, I think I could make a living. We can. There's got to be a way to yeah. make a living off of this, and so the motive, getting on stage, the motivation was different. So that was the biggest mm-hmm. change. I couldn't tell you what it felt like. The first time I did it in 2013, and I got off stage, I had like the. I was super nervous. I had like a big knot in my stomach, hmm. like I was doubled over in pain, and uh, just from the rush and the stress, and you know, it all hit me afterwards. Yeah. Then when I had the motivation to do it as a career, it was just like, all right, now we're on a. We're on a path now. Yeah. You know, it's not just like a one-time kind of, you know, thing. It was like, I'm, I got a plan. I got a plan to mm-hmm. hit all the open mics, hit as many as I can all the time. And, uh, you know, just take what comes with it. Good, bad, whatever. Yeah. I was just motivated. Yeah. You know, so that was the biggest difference. Yeah. That was the biggest thing. And then probably the, uh, what helped keep me going was, like I said, I won second funniest person in my high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, that's got to be it. That's, you know. It counts for something. They say I'm funny. Yeah. So, you know, it's not me saying I'm funny. It's somebody else. So it's like, if they think that, uh-huh. know, maybe some other people will think that. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been working out. Yeah. It's been kind of working out. So you got to spend three years in the Austin comedy scene pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. What, uh, how would you describe the comedy scene before the pandemic? Uh, small. Um, there was, I mean, there was, there was definitely talented people. There was definitely talented people here. Still is, the same people. Um, but it just wasn't, like the upward mobility, like the possibilities weren't there. Mm-hmm. You know, there was very few avenues to get out you know, Cap City, FPIA, if you could get to Moon Tower. Yeah. But those are kind of intertwined entities because mm-hmm. they kind of run each other, you know. Yeah. You know, one hand feeds the other in that one. Or. Um, Did you ever get picked up for Moon Tower? No. Mm. Not once. Um, but now, yeah, that's, it, was just, it was just smaller with yeah. less avenues to get out. Yeah. So that's why a lot of people left and, you know, went to L.A. and New York. Um, that's that's what it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, still a still a good scene. You could still get on stage. The open mic scene was way better. There was there was hmm. better quality mics. I feel like, and, uh, and just a tighter community because there was so few of us. Yeah. Um, and now it's like the show scene is huge. The yeah. show scene is tremendous now. And I haven't been to a lot of open mics, but the few I've been to, not 
quite as as good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's probably the biggest difference. There just wasn't a lot of yeah. opportunity to get bigger mm-hmm. or platforms to get higher in the craft you yeah. know, before you had to go. Um, one thing, if you'll indulge me, uh, one of the the things that I have lamented about the scene, especially before the pandemic, is you could count maybe on one hand the number of big name comics of color. Chris Cubis comes sure. to mind. Yeah. Um, I don't know that it's appreciably more diverse now, but do you is that something that you ever thought about before the the pandemic and you know the type of people that were or were not around you as you were doing mics and shows? Did I ever think about the diversity of it? Yeah. Uh, no, I mean it. It seemed to be what it was. It's just like this is the city. This is uh, this is just the scene. It's just, yeah. You know. Um, yeah, not super diverse for sure. Yeah. But I never thought about it's just a problem and it's just mm. you know, I was just more focused on trying to get on stage and, you know, do my thing and make sure I got booked. Yeah. Um and, you know, I just it was it is what it is. Yeah. It's not something I dwell on or try to change really. Mm-hmm. Um because it I think ultimately the city kind of dictates who moves here and who comes here and you know, who likes this atmosphere, who likes this yeah. lifestyle. And uh, it just seems to attract the same people. So it's like, that's just what it is. Yeah. That's the scene. Yeah. You know, I never think about it too much. Yeah. You know, if I want if I want more diversity, I just go to Houston, San Antonio. Um, you know, we go do different types of rooms and yeah. stuff like that. But Austin's been this way since I've been here. That's true. And you've been here for 15. Yeah, 16. Years. 2006, I moved out here, so we're coming up on 17 years almost. Yeah. Uh, it's just always been what it is. Yeah. You know, so. When you made the move to New York, what was your your comedy aspiration? Same same thing was the work and just get booked. Mm-hmm. You know, just keep making strides. I did it in Austin where it's like you start from the bottom, people start to recognize it. Just yeah. do the same thing and just, but now I got to, the ceiling is much higher now. Yeah. So that's what I was thinking, you know, being in New York, it's like, this is this is it. It's, yeah. You get to the top of this, you, you're at the top. Yeah. You know? So and that was the... You said March 20 is when you moved? March 2020. So the ceiling just collapsed on you as soon yeah. as you walked into the... Turned into the floor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ugh. But, I mean, it was... it was. We still did a lot of Zoom stuff. Um mm-hmm. Still got to network a little bit. Zoom was great for networking around the world. Yeah. And we met a lot of a lot of comedians from out there. Kind of getting, a, just living out there for about, I guess, four or five months, six months that I was out there. You know, just getting to walk around the city and get a feel for it and get an idea of what makes New York, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I still got to pick up a few things, but not, I didn't get to get on stage a lot. So, yeah. Um, you know, it was unfortunate, but. Like yeah. I said, it's like everything shut down, and then by the time I came back, I had already built a, somewhat of a name before the pandemic, and then a lot of the new people saw me, and they kind of liked what I was doing also. So I got yeah. best of both worlds. I, as soon as I got back, I was getting booked yeah. on everything. And it's like, oh, yeah, old people knew me. New people started yeah. to like me, and it was like, it just kind of hit a wave, and it was yeah. like, it was beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful for me. Do you, since you're you're kind of a live life uh, as it it comes at you, do you ever think about, you know, if the pandemic ta- pandemic had not happened, I could have achieved this or that. No, I don't, because like it didn't happen. Yeah. So I don't got time to to go mm. back and like strategize what I would have done. Yeah. But I'd imagine I would have made, I would have done it. Yeah. You know, I would have stuck with it. I would have started getting booked. Yeah. You know, getting better at the, you get, that's what what's good about right now is there's a there's a slight there's a better caliber of comedian here now, like mm-hmm. a talent wise. And uh that's what New York really has to offer is like being around a lot of Yeah. Extremely funny and talented people. It's like that now you get to see and watch and learn more than just being around the same people all the time. Yeah. And, you know, because it's like once you rise to the top of a small pond, it's like now you need somebody else to look up to. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that's what New York had to offer. So, that's, I mean, I kind of miss that. But here now, there are people that we can watch and be like, oh, that's where I need to be yeah. four or five years. Or that's what I need to add to my 
act or you yeah. know what I mean. So I don't dwell on it, but yeah. yeah. For people that don't know you or haven't seen you do comedy, what would you? How would you describe your comedy? Uh, I just talk about white people all the time. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> That's all you see around Austin. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just it's just observational, and yeah. uh, it's the same. It's just you know things that uh, I wish was different, yeah. or you know mm. the, the way I would do it if I could do it different. Yeah. It's just you know it's real personal life. Yeah, it's not like uh, it's not too. It's more personal. It's not like jokey joke where it's like I'm just putting spiders and pop tarts in the joke and making it funny. Mm. It's like it has to mean something to me, and then I can talk about it. And mm. It has to come from a like a genuine feeling. Yeah. So that's kind of how I speak on stage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You draw on your travels. Travel, ever? yeah, everything, everything in life that strikes me, and it's like I'm feeling a way about it. You know, start yeah. to write about it. And, Start talking about it and see see if we can get something funny out of it. Yeah, but yeah, it's all personal. It's all the genesis of it is my experience. Yeah, for sure. Did you ever uh, experiment with other, you know, making up stories or you know doing something different? A than, little bit. Yeah. A little bit, but uh, for me, it has to feel good. Yeah. And if it, just being up there and lying all the time, I mean, we're already deceiving. You know, it's yeah. kind of the game, mm-hmm. but. Um, just kind of like blankly making things up. Yeah. It doesn't feel good to me all the time. Yeah. And so I can't, like, I'm not going to want to recreate that over, you know, if we do 10 shows a week. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to want to recreate. I can recreate something that I feel with more gumption and more, yeah. you know, and then people will feel that. But mm-hmm. if I'm, I won't be into it if I had to make it up from just no emotion whatsoever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, I think I did try to, go down that for a second but when I started it was like I just want to tell kind of the, my truth and the truth mm-hmm. and uh, just stick with that because it feels like that will go a lot further yeah you know okay. so that was kind of my my game plan yeah you know I never wanted to just blatantly lie on yeah. stage you know even though we already we kind of been we've been the the truth yeah a little bit but it, like I said, the genesis of it you is have to a feel feeling. It, yeah. yeah, the genesis of it is the emotion that I had yeah. around the moment, and then that makes a. I think that makes a better, mm-hmm. better joke and better yeah. experience for the audience. Yeah, unless you're like outlandish, like I just keep going to a, a Casey Rocket type of person who's like, yeah, that's not. I mean, that can't be in his brain for real, right? I mean, but it might be. Like, I'm hoping I get to sit down with him at some point soon just to yeah. pick apart that brain. It'd be interesting talking, yeah. sitting down and talking to him. Because on stage, he's uh, he's just out there. He's yeah. going. He's just yeah. throwing everything at the wall. Yeah. And, uh, which is fun, too. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. a style for everybody. It's, right. It's, you know, it's just, yeah. For me personally, I can't yeah. just go up there and do that because then I'll be like, who am I? That has to be really innate to you to be able to It has to come from inside to, yeah. to get it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to take, before we talk about uh, your return to Austin and and all of the the changes that you've seen and that, you know, the big big news of of the club uh, lately, I want to try this little experiment. Okay. Uh, It's based on a card game called Where Should We Begin? And uh, you've got two cards in front of you, and you can pick one of them, and it's an open-ended question, and... We're just gonna see where you take it. Okay, are we doing this now? Yeah. Okay. So this says, uh, oh, "Do you want to read it?" Or am I reading? No, you can read it. Okay. It says, uh, "When I was young, I would spend hours daydreaming about." Ooh. Um. I don't know. I spent a lot of time on uh, on the basketball court. By myself, just shooting hoops. So I'd, I'd probably just imagine, you know, just hitting a lot of buckets. Yeah. It, I mean, when I talk about hours, I probably spent. It probably comes out to years on just yeah. shooting hoops by myself and just, just kind of daydreaming about getting good at that. Yeah. Did you have dreams? Were you on a sports team? On, yeah. On the basketball team or other sports? I played sports um, all through high school. Uh, yeah, pretty much every sport I played. Every sport? Football, yeah. track? I did football, ran football, did track. Um, 
soccer. Basketball. Let's see what else. I did soccer what when else? I was a little. I did baseball when I was young. Oh my gosh, you really did do all that. Um, we had a we had a in our school we had competitive athletics, and so you would switch sports every season. Uh-huh. So we would start with football, then basketball, running, then track. Yeah. So in junior high, I did that for three years, and then I got to high school and just played basketball. Hmm. Um, but I never had dreams of like uh, like professional sports yeah. playing professionally. Um, I just like shooting shooting hoops yeah. and. Uh, is it like therapeutic for you? I mean, yeah. imagine. I mean, to me, it seems like so repetitive to just go. <laughs> every time it goes, every time it goes in, it's like yeah. it's just a hit of dopamine, and you just yeah. you're like, and then then it became how many can I get in a row, and then mm. then it becomes what on what part of the court can I hit it oh. from? Can I hit from every part of the court? So you, you turned know? it into your own game. Yeah, I'm just you know getting. I'm mastering kind of myself and the and this thing, and it's just. The brain just starts to, yeah. you know, I yeah. enjoyed it. I enjoy it still. I yeah. still do it, yeah. Yeah, isn't there like a, a comics uh, basketball, like, yeah. meetup? I don't know what you call it. Yeah, there's a couple, <laughs> See how clueless I am. <laughs> there's a couple of groups. Yeah. A couple of Facebook groups. Uh, I But I enjoy the solo, ah. just being by myself. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. the competition of it wasn't kind of my thing. It was like... I could see that in you. That that's not what motivates you at all. No, no, it's a, uh, it's just who I'm. I'm getting good at this. Yeah. You know, comedy's yeah. kind of the same. Where it's like it's just no competition. It's just yeah. Who can deliver this? The who can do this craft the, the best? And it's all on you. Yeah. You know, it's all on you to produce and. You would not love doing improv. No, no, I tried improv uh, one time. It's just depending on people and. Uh, it's like, I don't, you know. Yeah. If the scene falls apart because of you, it's like, I'm going to be pissed. I, mean, <laughs> I didn't do this. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I part of this failure right now? <laughs> I didn't make this happen. <laughs> I can live with me failing me. But if you fail me, it's like, I'm not. Yeah. What am I going to do? Yeah. You know. Yeah. No, I couldn't. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> I don't hate it, but I can't. Yeah, I, yeah. I, just, I never like group projects for the same reason. It's like, why am I putting in more work? You do work. Yeah. Because yeah. I know I'm going to put the work in. It's like, I mean, yeah. Yeah, as a parent, that is the thing that I hate the most hearing. When my son has been assigned group projects and he tells me, well, so-and-so is not doing any of the work. Yeah. And so, it's like, you I'm know. Gonna have to talk to so-and-so. Yeah. We have to sit down. Hey, <laughs> don't put your name on this paper. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's me. Yeah. Also, kind of a not an only child, but I kind of grew up like. An oh, only I was going to ask exactly that. So yeah. you grew, you feel like you grew up as an only child. Yeah, my sister was parents divorced. Me and my mom and my sister lived together for a while. She got kicked out of the house, and then I was by myself. And then I went to live with my dad, mm. and I was by myself. And okay, so pretty much. Yeah. Most, okay. Most of my life, and then you know, found a few group, a group of friends. Mm-hmm. We've been friends since. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of only child stuff. Like yeah. I said, on the basketball court. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That that uh, that resonates so much with me. My I had a half brother. My mom's previous marriage, but he got kicked out of the house. So mm-hmm. I grew up as an only child. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. 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 I get it. I get that wanting to just be the best at what you do. Yeah. I'm just and it's all on me. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. found I started shooting when I was young, maybe like seven, six or seven. Mm-hmm. Mom would be working. Sister. Would, teenager she was doing her thing nobody yeah. wanted to play so i just go to the court yeah and uh yeah just start shooting yeah it's fun it's fun so without getting gossipy okay <laughs> or let's i mean if you want to i, <laughs> no, I leave I that to you because uh uh you know you you did leave with in a relationship yeah but you came back solo yeah um and that relationship fell apart for whatever reason i mean it wasn't from what whatever I saw on social media, it wasn't public. So you know, I just I'm like, okay, well, we'll see. I mean, he's back now, so maybe it didn't. And I know she was still up up there. Yeah. Uh, so for for anybody that doesn't know you, I'll just re- say, you know, you left with a fellow comic, right? And came back, and uh, I personally, she was on on my podcast as well. I was a personal fan of hers, so I was kind of. I was sad, but I didn't know the story, obviously, of, sure. of the of the breakup. But um, so, whatever you want to 
share you can, or we just move past and just talk about your return to Austin. About the relationship? Yeah, and it's, I mean, because every once in a while I'll talk to somebody who's, you know, in a relationship, because, you know, comics are drifters and whatever, and it's always interesting to hear, well, it helps to have somebody that's supporting me and understands me or that I could escape to, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, Now, I mean, it's just in different places, I think. Maybe the ideals were too different mm. of what it, the relationship should be yeah. and how it should feel. Um, yeah, I won't get too much into it. It's just, I think, you know, nothing bad to say about her. Uh, I think we're just uh, just different, just yeah. different people. Different, uh, you know, the things that bring me peace may not bring her peace kind of thing. And so yeah. it's like, it's hard to be in the same Realm with that person all the time. Yeah. Um, and having sat across the table uh, with her, like I, the the personality types, like very type A, very you know, I got a hit. I mean, she rattled off to me how many open. She kept tabs of every open mic she had done. I'm like, you, you're probably like, well, I don't know how many. I yeah. Know. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, Yes, definitely more uh, goal-oriented. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to hit this mark. And I'm more of like, does it feel right? Yeah. If yeah. it feels right, I'll do it. Yeah. If it don't feel right, I'm not going to do the mic. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so that kind of, yeah, that was, that'll clash, especially if you're trying to move together. Yeah. Because if it don't feel right, I'm not going. And if it ain't part of her agenda, she ain't going. Yeah. So it's like. Yeah. So the 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 pitfalls, trials and tribulations of aid dating somebody who's also in the same mm-hmm. uh, industry, but then the incredible stressor of moving to a new city together, yeah, and then the world collapses yeah. on you, and I don't know how long you had been together, but if you know if it's a newer relationship, you may not have been equipped to to deal with so many stressors. Yeah, I think we we moved fast and uh, then got locked down together. Yeah. And didn't really have uh, the prior time to like hash out things that would make living together easy. Yeah. Um, it definitely applied a lot of pressure to the situation. Yeah. And uh, it cracked. Yeah. And just, you know. Yeah. But, you know, I wish her the best. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. We don't really speak, but... It's okay. I mean, that's exes, right? I mean, you don't, you kind of drift apart, and that's that's what an ex is. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. I think she's doing good. Yeah. So you made the decision to come back home. I traveled for a bit. I took a, I moved into a van, <laughs> and uh, you know how at the end of a relationship you're just trying to clear your head. Yeah. The yeah. world was shut down. Nothing was happening, so I, I outfitted a van and I just drove. I went to L.A. I was thinking about moving to L.A. for mm-hmm. a second. Um, ended up going up and down the coast, like, like in the LA area, and just seeing all the beaches, Redondo Beach, yeah, you know, Malibu and stuff like that. Um, spent like two weeks in Vegas, hmm. just kind of living in the van, hanging out. Everything shut down. Yeah, casinos were still open. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then it was like, Austin was, uh, the city changed. You know, the opportunities became plentiful and the you know mm-hmm. it was open yeah and so it was like yeah just i've been here i've tried to leave a couple times <laughs> and i keep coming back and it's just so it's, i know it's familiar and it's so easy to yeah. live here it's like uh you know maybe not financially but just like the the mental stress of having to be something or be somebody there's no there's no pressure to be anything yeah you can just kind of relax and live your life and do your thing and I've been doing that here for so long. And I was like, just come back home. I already know these streets. Yeah. I got people here, friends, things like that. So it felt right. Did you take a break from comedy while you were doing your traveling? Or were you performing comedy in the different places? Yeah, yeah. I did, uh, I did a couple of things in L.A. that were open. And then uh, Vegas, I did, I think, maybe one or two things. Uh, still tried to see some shows and stuff like that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I probably did a few Zoom, Zoom shows. But yeah, I was still I was still active, you know. Just mentally, I was in a bad place. Yeah. So that was your focus. The focus was trying to just yeah relax and you know recount yeah and you know what happened where where did it go wrong whatever mm-hmm. you know what's next 
And uh, so that was the biggest thing. But yeah, I still did a couple shows. Yeah. I think I had some obligations, and I was like, I'll you know keep those and keep doing it. Yeah. Um, so exactly when did you get back to Austin? I got back here uh, January of uh, 2021, I think. Okay. Yeah. Janu- that was Janu- the heyday of everything being reopened. Right. Vulcan was already running yeah. its big shows. Yeah, I had yeah. caught wind of Rogan coming. Um, and I think maybe I was talking to my family or something like that, and they were like, that's, you know, if that's where the opportunity is, you should go out there. Mm-hmm. I think I had to stay with my mom for like a week or so while I was doing the traveling and just talking to her about it. And I was like, I think I'm going to go back to Austin. Yeah. Because it seems like... The word on the street is it's happening. Yeah. So it's like, you can go back there and try to be a part of it. And uh, I had the fortunate, just the, the, the fortune of already being here and people knew me. And yeah. then, like I said, the new people got to know me. And uh, I got to ride a beautiful way for a long time. Yeah. And then turned it into the club. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what is your take, your hot take on this whole, you know, the before times and the after times? And it's much better now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You mentioned before that you thought that the sh- this, the show uh, part of, of Austin is, is so much better now, and the mics might yeah. be a little all over the place, whereas yeah. that might have been different before. Shows are, I think, pretty much, I mean, a lot of them are selling out and packing out rooms and mm-hmm. packing out venues, and yeah. people are coming out all the time, consistently, and uh, I'm talking good crowds, 40, 50, 100, yeah. 300 just coming out just to see comedy and it's all over the city every almost every corner of the city there's yeah you know something there's a show that's just going crazy and people love it yeah and so it's uh there's more people throwing shows there's the better attended mm-hmm. and uh yeah the show scene is great are crowds uh good crowds are they like respectful of yeah, of awesome. comics yeah. and Austin's not an aggressive city. It's a very, <laughs> yeah, pretty but much. But it's a little more bro-y now, I think. A little bro My opinion. A little more bro-y. A little, uh, I don't know if posh is the word, but there's more money here. Mm. So that, you, whatever comes with that. But it's not a, it's not like a, you know, might, there might be like a little more entitlement. So maybe a few people take liberties during the show to yeah. talk and speak up. But it's not aggressive like a Chicago or, yeah. you know, or New York might be or, you know. It's a, yeah. It's, it's fine. They're good. They're polite. You, you mentioned earlier about before, like it was hard to see mentors, you know, to, yeah. to kind of up your game. Yeah. Now, who are some of your, the people that are in the scene that, you know, help you push yourself? I mean, now you just watch who, you can see people actually rising to new yeah. heights, like uh, Derek Poston, Dylan Sullivan. Um, who else? Hans took off. Yeah. I mean, that was, you know, that was that's wild. something else. Casey yeah. Schwarnema just got just for laughs. Um, you know, there's quite a there's quite a few to name. But there's there's people above my talent, Adam Lucky, mm-hmm. um, that I can learn, that I can see like okay, this is the next. Mm-hmm. This is the next. Uh, level of doing this well yeah um yeah there's a few i mean there's so many people that come just go through the vulcan the mm-hmm. through the creek shows that come there's more headliners coming through and talent coming through and so just getting able to watch being able to watch them yeah you know it's a uh, it's tremendous yeah it's tremendous yeah and we bring we bring people more talented than us to the club also so you get to watch them from the sideline yeah and it's a, uh, yeah. There's quite there's there's too many there's so many in the name. Yeah. But it's great because it's attracting more talent also. Yeah. So we got people here, and then we're attracting, you know, and then like Christina P and Tom Segura, they'll pop in somewhere. Or Rogan and Rogan's always doing something. So it's like watching the top of it. Yeah. And you know, the top of the game is here. Yeah. Like the top of the comedy world is coming through here. Yeah. And so just getting to see that all the time is, 
it's great. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. Theo Vaughn just dropped in this week. Theo. Nobody knew that he was, I mean, maybe. I don't listen to his podcasts or follow him closely, but, I mean, I think that was a surprise to everyone. Theo, uh, Roseanne did a set on huh. Hogan. Uh, it's like, you know, when I, when I first got back, Ron White was on stage at the oh, Vulcan. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then saw him at the creek, you know, just sitting back there at the creek. It's mm-hmm. like that's that's what's attracted him. Yeah, to, yeah. The top of the game is moving around here. And yeah. Chappelle and Rogan were doing their, their thing yeah. early 2021. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so, that's the kind of stuff that you would only happen in L.A. or would only happen in New York. Before, and now it's happening regularly here. Right around the corner. Every, yeah. All the time. Yeah. And then sometimes we get to capture them and bring them to our shows. And then it's like, this is great yeah so yeah it's it's way better now when did the idea of of doing your own club start uh, percolating i've always done my own thing i've always <laughs> d- tried to do my own thing and like not rely on something for stage time or somebody yeah and so me and uh martin hen we've been throwing shows for like two three years and then uh i know and you never list them on my events page i knew i had to I'm, get my jab in i knew i had to do it i wanted to be really nice for as long as possible but i feel like we i got the mic on there we did the mic i, I got the mic on there it's like i'll tell you what happened it's the shows started doing well and it was like we don't there's not really much else we can do yeah. i mean our shows we, we pack out our shows you know and they're well attended and it's like yeah. you know that's another it's like, I got to fill out the form. Like, oh, come on. It's like two minutes. <laughs> I got to fill it out. It's like, I already got a full room. Why but you want a fan to discover your, your thing on the events page? Sure. I mean, yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> you didn't know I'm you were going to harassed, right? I'm, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> but I'm, I knew you and Martin were, were doing a million shows. Yeah, we throw three a week now. That's crazy. Just, just between me and him, we got, yeah. uh, we got the highball, we got last stand, and we got Suds Monkey. And then, uh, then the club we throw six shows a week. So you're busy. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The dream turned into work. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> it's just uh, I've been stressing about it to people. Like I don't know how long I want to keep doing yeah. all this. You know the frequency of it. But uh, I mean I can't complain. Yeah. It's just uh, manage just managing the stress is the, the thing. Yeah. But, yeah. Busy. Tuesday through Saturday, for sure. And that's not even including other shows I get booked on. Yeah. So. Okay. So you and Martin are, are doing shows, but then the club, well, how? Do, where does that? That, I mean, oh, like I said, just doing my own thing and uh, kind of just trying to find a way, because I don't work. I haven't worked since, uh, I haven't worked since March of 2020. Wow. Um, I mean, unemployment was hitting pretty hard. <laughs> and then I was just like, man, I just want to keep, parlaying this into comedy and so me and martin came first and then me and when reza got here i think it was uh january february 2021 we had met and uh you remember santa cruz was throwing shows Mm -hmm. immediately i think immediately me and him just started talking about turning santa cruz into an entity Mm -hmm. and uh, we saw the vision and we we even like chipped in on a digital sign to like say, say comedy nights you know we put that up on santa cruz huh that was us. And so we already had the, he's always into throwing his shows and I was into like, yeah, let's make something happen. Yeah. And uh, so we had, we had started immediately thinking about a place and then this place just kind of fell into our lap. Huh. You know, it just felt right. And so we threw a show and uh, we sold 61 out of 90 tickets for the first show. Wow. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we were like, we, we did it on a Friday, and we were like, all right, we'll do it every Friday for the rest of the year. And then we were like, why don't we just take every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday for the rest of the lease? And uh, we were like, yeah. Our chances of losing were so low, but the chances of winning were like, yeah. if it takes off, it takes off big. Yeah. If we lose, we lose small. So it's like, those are good odds. Right. And so it just all made sense to go into the endeavor. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, the genesis of thinking about a club, it wasn't that, it was just thinking about our own space, our own show, another Mm -hmm. show, honestly, it was just, and then it turned into, oh, we got a business. Yeah. I mean, we got business accounts. (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah, we got we turned into an LLC and yeah. everything. Wow, fancy. So, yeah, the club, <laughs> the club wasn't the idea. The show was the idea, and then it turned into the club. Yeah. And then we were like, and now this could turn into like we might be here for 10, 20 years. Yeah. You know, who knows? It depends on what happens with the property, but you know we might find another space and just reopen it somewhere else. Yeah. We'll see. We've been talking about it, but we're still in the beginning of this. And it's, you know, just making sure this goes good. Yeah. But it's going good. I mean, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, that's two, two shows a night? Two shows a night. And we're starting to, I think we sold out five out of six this last week. Yeah. And you've gotten great press. Mm-hmm. Statesman, mm-hmm. The Chronicle wrote, wrote you up, so. There's a couple of TV spots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some yeah. good reviews. And people seem to like it from the performers to the audience. Everybody mm-hmm. seems to be on board and so the vibe is good the, yeah. the energy is good and it feels it feels right yeah who are some uh, some big names that, are, that you've gotten to drop in uh, we got posted that's Andrew Schultz's opener huh. uh, we got a sign of mine he uh, both of them are comedy store guys Dylan's come through um, we had this guy Tyler Fisher he's got a big Instagram and TikTok following he came out and sold out a couple shows um we're still working on like the the big name, big name. Yeah. But I mean, we're getting loads of talent coming through there. Osama Siddiqui was on HBO and huh. on the new Sex in the City, and he was on America's Got Talent. I think he got second. Um, he's come through. You know, people like it. Yeah. They're talking about it. I mean, proximity-wise, it's perfect because if somebody's doing a bigger set at one of the bigger clubs. They can pop into yours, kind of work some some kinks out, mm-hmm. workshop something, and an audience is still gonna think it's like, oh my god, big name. Huge, and it's a small, intimate room, yeah. so you're right up on whoever it is. Yeah. And it's like, oh man, I got to see such and such. Yeah. For twenty dollars, open bar. Yeah. And it's like, it's a good, it's a good vibe. Open bar, seriously? It's an open wine bar. We give out uh, red and white wine. Oh, so okay. If you want to drink, you can come drink. It's also BYOB. You can bring whatever yeah. you want. Nobody gets too rowdy from the... We had a couple of drunks, but it's it's Austin's a polite city. Yeah. <laughs> Austin's a very polite city. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, it's been good. Um, we're still working on like a... I mean, I would love if somebody like... If Mark Norman just stopped by and did 15 minutes yeah. or 20 minutes or... It's it's an appealing room for that, and I think it's gonna happen. Yeah. Um, we just, I mean, we've been putting out feelers and trying to see, you know, maybe if we paid them to come headline the thing for a weekend, how much that might cost. But yeah. uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah. See what happens. We're trying. Yeah. We're trying to get them. I would love Rogan to stop by and just do fifteen. If he likes the room, do an hour. Yeah. Now I mean now we're established. Right. Know. But as far as just a comedy hang and a comedy uh, destination, mm-hmm. I mean, people people like it. Yeah. And I think they're talking about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, you have kept this very uh, calm and level tone of voice. I mean, are you excited about what yeah. you're accomplishing with this club? Yeah. I mean, I'm not a... <laughs> my, <laughs> my meter doesn't move yeah. too far the other Cause it's all kind of like in, it's like you get too big, you get your head gets too big, yeah. and you miss the the obvious crack in the road yeah, that you yeah. fall through. And so, uh, yeah. Also, I'm just there's a lot to do. Yeah. And so it's, it keeps I, I I have to keep working, but I am excited, and yeah. I see that it's a thing that we've created. Yeah. And uh, you know, even with our other shows that are like selling out and people enjoy, it, they keep coming back. Um, yeah, it's exciting. It's fun, but like I said, the dream turned into work, and I hate work. <laughs> but it, this is work I'm willing to do. Yeah. And so it's kind of... Yeah. Well, you get just big enough so that you could start delegating to other people, so you can... Yeah. But then you're still delegating to other people, and you got to oversee that. It's it's all work. Yeah, the problem is the... What I've noticed is the things that we... The things that I get into, it's like the quality suffers a lot if I have to get somebody else to do it. And yeah. the quality is part of the... The charm of everything. Yeah, that's the only child control freak part of us, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, if the quality falls, it's like, then I don't even want to put my name on it. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. It's kind of like, I want to be hands-on. Yeah. You know, I didn't, get in, I didn't really get into this to make a lot of money. 
it, that's not really, you know, I just wanted to do comedy. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if I'm going to hand it off to somebody, it's like, I might take my name off of it and just separate completely. Yeah. Just because, you know, it's not me anymore. Yeah. Um, we're going to start wrapping up. One big question that I want to ask before I, I ask you, my closing question is, given mm-hmm. that a lot of your energy is, is now built into the club and then the other shows that you're still uh, uh, producing, mm-hmm. how do you balance the I still want to be the best comic that I can be versus I'm producing, I'm overseeing this club? Yeah, it's a... Uh... For sure, my production on the comedy side has suffered, just because I'm always in production mode and like mm-hmm. thinking about that. Then I got a girlfriend, and that's time. Then you gotta take time for yourself to just rest, and that's you know. Um, what I'm doing right now is just focusing on this, because now I can see like financially this could turn into something that I can take a good chunk from, and mm-hmm. this is just a temporary thing yeah. and so just maximizing this and just taking that so I'm looking at it from business right now I'm in a business kind of mode yeah um, and the what I'm hoping happens is once this business mode plays out and I no longer feel good about it I'll get back to the the create yeah. the creating on stage you know the creating mode but uh, it's definitely suffered and uh, you know yeah, I mean, I mean there's I'm, no expiration on having a comedy career, so right. it'll come back. It might be waves up, down. I feel like this this club could be like a once in a lifetime thing. And yeah. If, even if it only lasts for the 16 months that we got the lease, um, it, it's you know it's worth focusing on and it's worth yeah. uh, you know trying to get something out of it. I'm still on stage. You know, if I'm not creative on with the pen, it's like I'm still on stage Tuesday through Saturday. Yeah. You know, multiple times a day. So I'm still working a muscle yeah. of doing comedy and being up in front of people, and that's not going anywhere. It's just the penmanship is suffering because I'm not sitting down writing like I used yeah. to and thinking about it all the time. It's like my brain is focused on keeping these things alive yeah. and keeping the quality up. Um, so yeah, I think eventually it'll get back to I'll get back to uh, you know writing more yeah. and putting more on stage. But for now, I'm just happy to be on stage still and able to do these things mm-hmm. and it's uh i think it's still working together it's still working for the ultimate goal which is do comedy for a living yeah and maybe another door open and we'll walk through that yeah. door too i mean it's a great experience to have this kind of you know club experience mm-hmm. under to your see belt. The, to see the business side of it is invaluable yeah. also so it's like if you're going to be in show business it's like you should learn the business yeah and so i can look at it like that too it's like i'm taking this year year and a half to yeah. learn the business and make sure I know what's going on on the back end. Yeah. Take that UT and ACC, yeah. whose classes I didn't want to go to. Yeah. <laughs> I got my own uh, master's program over here. Exactly. Exactly. For sure. All right. Well, I'm going to give you a chance to do your final plugs in, in a moment, but I do have one closing question for you. All right. Let's do it. One word to describe your future. <laughs> <laughs> To describe the future, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uncertain. That's quite a flip. Go from fulfilling to uncertain. Usually, well, it's like you know. Well, I mean, I already know what happened in the past. I don't true. know what's going to happen that's in the true. future. That is true. That is a factual answer. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> And take it as it comes, day by day. Yeah, yeah. This has been an amazing conversation. Uh, you are very zen-like to be around. <laughs> so it's, I've heard that. It's uh, <laughs> really, really, uh, I definitely feel like I just had like the best conversation. So. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> um, okay, well, that is a wrap on Comedy Wham presents Andre Ricks. Andre, tell us where people can find you and promote, promote, promote. Uh Every Tuesday at the High Ball on South Lamar in the Alamo Draft House. Wednesday, Last Stand Brewery. Um, Thursday in Dripping Springs, Suds Monkey Brewery. And then Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, two shows a night at East Austin Comedy Club, 1303 East 4th Street. And then uh, whatever else I get fortunate enough to get booked on. You can catch me there. Yeah. DreRicks87 on Instagram. 
That's pretty much the only thing I use. Um, that's about it. Venmo at Andre Dash Ricks Dash One. If you want to just donate cash. Yeah, do it. Uh, yeah, that's about it. I'm all around. I'm I'm out here. Uh, yeah, I mean that's a lot of shows that you're you're at. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, we hope. Uh, sorry, I'm reading my scribble notes. Okay. All right. Uh, we hope you enjoyed learning about how Andre got to be the comedic genius that you heard today, just oh. as much as I have. Uh, this has been Comedy Wham presents. <laughs> this has been Comedy Wham presents Andre Ricks. I'm Valerie, and that's been funny. Thank you, Andre. No problem. Thank you.